Hey, everybody, today on Locked On Bama, we're going to wrap up the basketball season with Jimmy Stein since we didn't get a chance to yesterday. And we're also going to continue his countdown of the roster as well as talk a little bit about recruiting. So stick with us for this episode of Locked On Bama. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am doing great. It's uh, a week full of spring practices for the first time this year. Uh, the weather's perfect. It really is starting to feel a little bit like football now. I want to thank everybody for making this the first place you listen when it comes to Bama podcasts or any podcast. And I also want to thank our sponsor, Stat Hero, which I will tell you a little bit about here in a while. Jimmy, um, had Drew DeArmond on yesterday from Talking Ball. He's sort of an Alabama internet legend like yourself. And um, <laughs> he, you know, we, we wrapped up the basketball season to a degree. Um, been a couple of days now since Alabama was ousted by Notre Dame rather unceremoniously. Do you have any closing arguments regarding the basketball season? <laughs> Uh, I'm glad it's over. And I say that in the sense, you know, we probably were playing our worst basketball of the year at the very end. Uh, I think those last four games might have been sort of a bottoming out. And that's why there's some sort of relief that it's over. But it's also over. And we accomplished a lot back to back NCAA tournaments, uh, a, a six seed went into the tournament with the 21st best resume in college basketball. I think we've beaten four or more of these uh, Sweet 16 teams that are still playing. So th there, there was a lot to achieve. I think that the, the program itself continues to ascend. We're getting better uh, going into next season. I'm not sure what the expectations will be because I feel like the roster will have so many new parts that it's going to be it's going to be almost silly to project greatness for a team with so many new parts and so much inexperience, because I think that's likely to be the case. But it is realistic that we could uh, go to NCAA tournaments uh, for three years in a row, uh, which again hasn't happened since uh, 2006. So uh, that that will be a lot of fun, uh, ju just being a part of it again. And, and I feel like the program is at a place where where we can expect to make it to the tournament each year. Uh, and then depending on the experience factor primarily uh, as to how far you can go in the tournament. Yeah, and one other thing that's going to be a good point for next year, first of all, there's a ton of coaching turnover in the SEC. That's going to be interesting yep. to see how it affects the league as a whole. Um, everybody's going to be dealing with new rosters. Um, then you've got the situation with LSU, no telling what's going to be going on there. They're losing commitments left and right. Alabama's getting back in on some of them. Um, you would assume they'll have some transfers, and they just may be stinky bodinky for a little while. And uh, that may be a couple of surefire wins. I mean, so I, I say that, and we lost to Georgia this year, so I probably shouldn't say that at all. But, um, <laughs> you know, in the end, I, I feel like we're in a good position. Um, I understand. I was not happy with the way it ended. Um, a couple of folks got after you and me on Twitter for almost 
like they felt like we were pumping too much sunshine. I don't think that's what we're doing. I, th- I just think we're saying, look, um, it it wasn't a bad year. People can be dis- – you, it's fine to be disappointed we went out in the first round of Notre Dame. That's fine. I, I am too. Uh, but at the same time, I think broad picture, we made the NCAA for the second year in a row, which is something we haven't done in a gazillion years. Let's just uh, – let's let's sort of wash our hands of it and move on. And I think we have some return This is going to be good attrition. Um, it's funny because I, I gotta say I enjoyed the hell out of Auburn's losing to Miami in a big time way. By the way, I enjoyed it uh, thoroughly, and I've enjoyed the Auburn fans getting their feathers ruffled because people have been tweeting at them incessantly after they spent an entire year tweeting at everybody. Um, but you know, here's one thing that that I will take up for Auburn on: people who are saying that Auburn season was a disappointment now. I think are nuts. They won the SEC. That should be celebrated. That's a big deal. Um, they made the NCAA tournament again for a program that hadn't made the NCAA tournament, but what, 11 times in their program's history? Uh, so, yeah, just be happy. Uh, you know, yeah, it didn't end the way you wanted. It, the game against Miami stunk from an Auburn perspective. It didn't stink from my perspective, but it stunk from an Auburn perspective. And so that that's bad. And it's a shame that the only thing that matters in basketball is how you do in the tournament relative to your seeding. That's the only thing that matters. I mean, Kentucky season is viewed as a complete disappointment. Now they're a little bit different because they Kentucky's better than everybody. I get that. But um, I'm not going to say this season for Alabama was a disappointment. We should have no. made it to 20 wins. That's We should have. We should have won yep. a few more games than we did, and we should have yep. advanced in the NCAA tournament. But we didn't. And yep. we But we did make the tournament. And we did have some big wins. We beat like one fourth of the Sweet 16. So, so be happy, you know, clap and just uh, say, hey, we'll get them next year, right? It makes well when there is a when there is a real disappointing season, when when there is one when you kind of expect to be good and you're not, you don't make the NCAA tournament, and you're not even on the bubble, and then you got to play in the NIT or worse. Uh, I'm gonna all these people that are mad about this year. We need to remind them. Hey, you know, this is what disappointment looks like. This is what bad looks like. Uh, the, the the complaining when things are going fine uh, just only makes it more difficult for the for the program to ascend. And uh, and, and when it really does go bad, uh, th- then we'll, we'll then we'll look back on seasons like this and go, oh yeah, maybe that wasn't so bad after all. You know, Poison said it best, or Motley Crue, or whoever the hell it was. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And um, Cinderella. So they also said something about a rose and a thorn. I don't remember. That was doesn't poison. matter. Okay. Cinderella uh, was uh, don't know what you got till it's gone. Poison was every rose has its thorn. We should do a whole '80s hair band podcast. Have you ever seen Poison, Cinderella, and Motley Crue in the same room at the same time? I probably have. Frankly, <laughs> they probably just three bands. And they just all made a bunch of money that way, pretending to be other bad. But anyway, Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about Stat Hero. Look, I've been loving the NCAA tournament because it's been perfect for me. That you've only had one true Cinderella in St. Peter's, um, which I can dig that. And the rest of them have been kind of blue bloods, which I'm very pro uh, power five and, and power eight or whatever it is in basketball teams making it. 
But, you know, some people don't like that. So why don't you take advantage of what Stat Hero has? Stat Hero is NCAA single-game pickums that pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. That's it. That's Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the easiest, fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple seat gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on. For a 100% deposit match, that's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on. For a 100% match, stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Again, Jimmy, thanks everybody for making us your first listen. We really, really do appreciate you guys so much. The, uh, YouTube viewership is growing by leaps and bounds, and that means a lot to Jimmy and me. Um, okay, Jimmy, let's go back to you. First of all, I guess I, I want to get into your rankings, but is there any recruiting talk out there first before we get into that? Uh, I would say uh, for this time of year, quite a bit. I, I think maybe a quarterback sort of interesting. Uh, Eli Holstein, uh, you know, decommitting from Texas A&M is, is a big deal uh, because he likes Alabama a lot. I would say it's now clear uh, with Nico, I am a Leva, uh, almost certainly going to Tennessee, that Eli is second on Alabama's board behind Arch, uh, and he likes Alabama a lot. I like him a lot. I liked him a lot when he was committed to A&M. I bragged about him quite a bit, did a breakdown of him on the on three message board, even though he was committed to A&M, uh, partly because I knew we'd be playing against him. Uh, in the future, but but also because I knew Alabama was a school that he liked, and if something happened with AM, he could end up at Alabama, and, and that may very well be the case. Uh, he, he's a, uh, I think, a top five quarterback nationally, certainly top 10. Uh, he's from Louis Zachary, Louisiana, um, and uh, he decommitted from, from AM, and, and this is how good he is. He decommits from AM, and one of the first calls he got is from Ohio State. Uh, but but he has visited Alabama in the past, he's going to visit Alabama again. So he is a name to know uh, in case Alabama doesn't end up with uh, with an Arch Manning. Yeah, I think that was pretty big news and, and just very interesting because I know you have been high on him for a while. And I think that's uh, that would be very interesting. Peter Woods, I know, uh, visited Alabama this past weekend. And that's always big. I mean, literally and figuratively. <laughs> then there was also a story on Bama Online by Hank South about Jaden Wayne, five-star defensive lineman out of Washington, that uh, he wants to commit before the season uh, starts for high school, and he's the number four defensive lineman in the country, number 30 overall player. So Alabama's making a big push for these defensive linemen that we've been begging them to get on, and it's not like they haven't been trying. It's just, uh, you know, it's been tough. <laughs> it's, been, it's been tough going up against A&M and um, – Maybe some of their NIL stuff. I mean, it, again, it's not legal. I'm not mad at AM. I mean, go for it. You got you got the money. Do do what you can now. So, um, anywho, let's go back to your countdown for a minute. We'll get started with this and uh, try and wrap up these really quickly. This is number 20 through number 17. You've got number 20, Malachi Moore. Um, boy, if you had told me after his freshman year he would only be number 20 on your list. Right. I would say you're crazy. Then if you – now that you tell me he's he is as high as number 20 after last year, I think you're crazy. So I don't know what to think. <laughs> well, 
Well, uh, he is still, in my mind, a starter. Uh, he, he splits time at star with Brian Branch. I think this upcoming season, there's a better chance he'll be the sixth defensive back and will come in in, in Alabama's dime package, which, which makes him a starter. So, so we should be in the top 22, top 24, you know, when you're, when you're a dime starter. So I, I still think he's one of the better players on the team. Uh, he missed all of spring practice last year um, with a back issue. I can't help but wonder if that lingered into the fall and the Malachi we saw last fall just wasn't 100%. I think that would explain a lot. Uh, but sometimes there are sophomore slumps. That's that's not a term we invented or it's not a term uh, you know that, that, that Malachi invented. I mean, this is a thing that actually happens uh, at times. So uh, I think Malachi is a good player. I think he's a positive asset to the team. I think he's going to help us this fall. I also think that uh, based on last year, uh, ranking him higher would be uh, uh, very optimistic. Yeah, I, you know, I love Malachi more. I do, and I feel he's pretty full of Bama, which is great. Um, maybe maybe we can chalk it up to sort of a sophomore slump last year. He just didn't seem uh, – he, he did seem you, – you put this in the article. Um, he was somewhat lost in his starting position last year. Uh, and, and, well, he, he lost his starting position to Brian Branch, and he seemed kind of lost when he was out there to me. But that's – you know, I'm hoping for a big bounce back, like you said in the article. Then number 19, you have Tim Smith. Here's another dude that – Based on potential, I feel like he should be much higher. Based on productivity, I feel like it's a little too high. But um, right, ex explain yourself. Well, uh, on the one hand, uh, I, I agree. I agree totally that like, where's the productivity been? Needs to be more of a playmaker. Needs to now be a guy that makes things happen. Uh, he needs to be like, hey, uh, are you ever going to be an All SEC player? We haven't seen it yet. Uh, so now would be a good time. Uh, on the other hand, when you look at what's returning and what he has done in the past on the field, um, I have him as our second best defensive lineman behind Byron Young, who I, I rank a little bit higher later. Uh, I, I think he's the second best defensive lineman. And if you're the second best defensive lineman and a guy that's going to be on the field that much, uh, you know, you need to be that high. And and, and he is. I, I think he's at least the 19th best player on the team, uh, which doesn't sound like a, a really big deal. But it sort of is a big deal uh, to be ranked that high at Nick Saban's Alabama. But to this point, it's fair to say that Tim Smith has been more promise than production. But this is the season I feel like uh, those two meet up. Uh, I, 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 we should get a productive, good year out of Tim Smith this fall. Let's hope so. And meanwhile, let's hope you were going to betonline.net. It's that time of year. We're right in the middle of March Madness. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball, y'all. BetOnline is, is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. And you want to go there ASAP while it's right in the middle of March Madness and get your bet on. All right, let's continue with your uh, ranking here, Jimmy. These uh, we got we got two more dudes to talk about, and these are both interesting. And again, it, it, this ranking had to be 
quite tedious for you because man i could i could make an argument that you nailed it and i could make an argument that you're way off on all of them cameron latu <laughs> at number 18 i mean i don't know what to say he's he's got so much there this has such an oj howard feel about it like i can't tell if he's underperforming or we're underutilizing <laughs> Well, on the one hand, he was splitting some time with Billingsley. You know, Billingsley uh, played a lot of snaps at tight end. Latu's not out there in every single snap. Uh, when we were going to throw the ball to the tight end, you have to think Billingsley was sort of the first option and not Cam. Uh, on the other hand, now he's in his fifth year. He's played a lot. He's made some big plays. He led the SEC in touchdown catches out of the tight end position. Uh, it was a transition for him. This is a guy that we recruited to play outside linebacker that was an outside linebacker his whole first year at Alabama. He wasn't recruited by any of these schools to be tight end. We just sort of moved him there uh, because we needed some help. And, and it took a while, but but now he's arrived. Now I believe he is a pro football tight end. Now is he a first-round pick like OJ? I don't think so. But I think he can play pro football uh, at the tight end position. We can also move him around. Uh, he's probably best at that in-line Y spot, but but he can, he can split out wide. He can line up at the fullback position. Uh, I just think with his experience and the fact that he's already made so many plays, you can't help but rank him pretty high. Uh, but on the other hand, if you're looking at, you know, he's 18th, well, there's 22, 24 starters, and, uh, and he's 18th. So he's not one of our most purely gifted dudes, but he's one of the better players on the team, and you, and you got to love the experience. Finally, we come to JoJo Earl. Tell us about JoJo, Jimmy. <laughs> well, I probably should have these two flipped and Latu should be ahead of JoJo because this ranking is supposed to be what they've done on the field and on the practice field and not just, uh, you know, uh, a prediction about how they their careers might turn out. But the fact of the matter is Latu has been a, a more productive player than JoJo, even by far. But I also said when I did the ranking that it was about what they've done on the practice field. And what JoJo Earl has done on the practice field is hugely significant and big time. This is a kid that, that signed with some other really promising wide receivers. He was the only wide receiver not to show up in the spring. The other freshmen did. He shows up late in the summer. And by the time fall camp is over, he's whipped them all. He, he not only leapfrogged all of the other freshman receivers who had that head start on him, he leapfrogged other veterans. The, the older kids that have been there for a while. Uh, it's clear the staff thinks a ton of JoJo. Now, did he have a lot of production on the field in the fall? He obviously did not. But it is clear that the staff is super high on him, and I think he'll go into his true sophomore season as a starter at the slot wide receiver position. And you look at a guy like Latu, yes, Latu's a starter. We know he's going to be a starter, but it took him to year four, year five, before he was in that, that position. JoJo basically jumped in there overnight. That's why I have JoJo one spot ahead of Latu, and I suspect that we're going to see quite a bit of production out of Earl uh, this fall. Man, I hope you're right. That's that's the dude I really want to take off um, and be the next wide receiver at uh, the current wide receiver U. I'm not going to say we've always been wide receiver U, but I think right now, currently, we are wide receiver U. Um, Timmy, that's going to do it for this episode. Appreciate your time there in the Dollar Tree parking lot. <laughs> um, I'm at the pickle. I'm at the pickleball courts, actually. Do you play pickleball? 
I don't, but man, when I, I, I like coming up here and looking at the park while we do it, it's so nice out here. It's a beautiful day. And uh, a lot of the retirees are uh, out there playing pickleball and, and I've watched enough of it to where I'm, I'm looking forward to my first pickleball experience. That, that, I hope that was your senior quote. I don't like to exercise, but I like to watch other people exercise. <laughs> it, it explains a lot. That's probably also your defense when you're stalking somebody. All right. Roll tight. Roll tight. I ain't stalking hey, any can't. of these folks. I mean, the, okay. the, the, this is the, uh, the, it's funny, you know, pickleball, there, there is nothing but retired people that pickleball in these particular courts. I, I've not seen anyone younger than 60 on these courts, and I've been watching it for weeks. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.